This is the Foot in the Box podcast for the week of Monday, July 10th. And now, please rise for the singing of our Welcome to episode 101 of the A Foot in the Box podcast. My name is Peter Elliott. And I'm Paul Elliott. This is a weekly baseball podcast coming to you from Champaign, Illinois. And our uh, recording studio has been uh, changed. Yeah, we've had to get creative this week. So usually we record Sunday afternoons uh, at my house. This is Peter speaking. Uh, tonight is Saturday when we are recording this. At 11.33 p.m. Uh, yep. So we just got back from a family function, a family reunion of sorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to the Cubs-Pirates uh, game tomorrow, which is Sunday. So I could not record it anytime tomorrow. And uh, this was kind of the only time we could do it. So we are dedicated mm-hmm. to getting the podcast out. It is only about a mile drive up the road. Sure. But yeah, the studio is different. So if the sound, yeah, it most likely sounds a bit different. Mm-hmm. Some uh, more creaks from the chairs here. Yeah. Maybe some babies crying later. Mm, hopefully not. All right. Well, uh, how's it going, Paul? Uh, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I've been on solo dad duty. But um, besides that, I'm doing good. Trouble in paradise? Uh, no. How are you? You don't want to talk about marital issues on the podcast? Uh, no, Kate was at a bridal shower in St. Louis for her sister. Mm. Valid excuse. This is the third weekend in a row she's been at a bridal shower. <laughs> Not true. Uh, yes. <clears throat> uh, is Kate still listening? Did she listened to episode 100? Uh, I don't know if she listened to 100. Maybe but, in the car. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, this next week is the final week before our family vacation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that week always goes by uh, pretty slowly. Because you're waiting to go on vacation. But you've said before that the week leading up to vacation is sometimes even better than vacation. Yeah, well, I think like Friday afternoon is, is the best time of the week because you're looking forward to the weekend and you're pumped to get Would off, you say that the, work. the day before vacation or like the Friday before vacation is better than vacation? No, I would say like the first couple of days of vacation. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you start counting like, oh, it's half over. Oh, like I have mm-hmm. one third left. That's when it gets not as good. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, the, the Monday of vacation is probably the best intro to this week's podcast. Uh, we're going to do some mid-season awards with the Ulster break upon us. Uh, we also uh, are going to discuss the Ulster game and home render coming up this next week. Take a look back at the 2002 Ulster game, which ended in a tie famously, uh, and some other uh, fun along the way. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up, your Nelly update. Uh, Nelly is playing a concert uh, in Fenway Park with Florida Georgia Line uh, soon. Hmm. Perhaps it's already happened. It was, an, it was a news <laughs> headline. Uh, moving on to baseball, general happenings. It's been a while since we uh, discussed baseball, uh, current baseball, because of the uh, uh, episode 100 yeah, last that's week. Yeah, that's right. 
uh, which should mean that we have a lot to talk about, but really I only have a few things. Yeah, I've got a couple of things too. Um, so the only two things I had, Angel Hernandez uh, is suing Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. So I saw that headline. Mm-hmm. Is he no longer a, an umpire? No, he is. So an active umpire suing Major League Baseball? Yes. He is suing for discrimination. He thinks that he has uh, been unfairly treated by Joe Torre. Uh, and he thinks it stems back to a uh, like 2001 Bach called or 2004 Bach called uh, on Andy Pettit and then Tory didn't like it and hmm. then Tory's in charge of umpires now and hasn't given Hernandez good grades um, on like performance reviews and hmm. even even though statistically Hernandez is like supposed to be one of the better umpires like ball strikes in, is he really in the zone outside the zone but a lot of people disagree uh, with his his him suing um, because he is a a pretty bad umpire. Yeah, when I think of Angel Hernandez, uh, my first thought, um, do you remember the Cubs game we were at where the, uh, I don't even remember who it was, former Bear. Steve McMichael. He ejected uh, the, the seventh inning stretch. Singer. Right, yeah. he The se- guy who sang the seventh inning stretch said something uh, to Hernandez from well, the booth. Let's get some, over la- the loudspeaker. some glasses for the home plate umpire is what he said. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Early um, 2000s? Yeah. But pretty so, viv- vivid memory. One of my first like true baseball memories, yeah, I think. Sounds like a good blog post for mm-hmm. me. Um, Terry Francona had heart surgery. Yeah. Um, shouldn't be a major, major deal for throughout the rest of this year. He's supposed to be back. He seems kind of like a ticking time bomb. Yeah, next weekend. In the playoffs last year, he, he lost his teeth. It just came out. <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't remember? His CA had like emergency dental surgery. <laughs> Um, well, he still chews like, or you know, chews bubble gum, but chews tobacco no, I think, too. Yeah, I think it's tobacco. But he's not. He was supposed to uh, coach the All Star game, manage the All Star game. So now the bench coach, Brad Mills, mm-hmm. has to step in. So big job for yeah, for Brad. Definitely something to watch. Very interesting <laughs> nugget there, Paul. Uh, the prospect rankings came out. I'm sure a few different sites do them, but Baseball America is the one I looked at. Yohan Makata is number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Eloy Jimenez with the Cubs is up to, I think, number four or top ten. And then uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is number two. Yeah, I saw that. I did not know he was that good. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays uh, infielder? Yeah, he's a ton of power. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was interested by that. The Cubs only had one top 50 and then two top 100. So there isn't a lot to, to deal for like a, a starting pitcher if you were going to go get one. Yeah, the White Sox had six, I think. But, I mean, this is kind of um, what the Cubs anticipated, right? Yeah, they just haven't traded any major league talent. Like to At some point, you're going to have to trade for pitchers. Mm-hmm. But, like, they haven't. It's not like they've been bombing on first-round draft picks. Oh, no. I mean, they've, they've done well. Uh, they haven't replenished the system mm-hmm. uh, maybe as, as much as they would have liked. Yeah, the bummer with the Sox is um, Lucas Giolito, who was a key piece in the Adam Eaton trade, Dropped, I think, 30 spots, um, and you hope he doesn't continue to drop, but it seems like the Nationals may have known something that the Sox didn't. Hmm. Um, other nugget I had, Freddie Freeman is back. Playing third base, right? Yeah, he's playing third base, um, and it you know it got me thinking. So he arguably, from All-Star break last year through the first couple months of this year, was the best hitter in the National League. 
um, you know, had an on base percentage over 400, slugging ridiculous numbers. Um, and he decides, volunteers himself to move to third base because Matt Adams had been hitting well. Um, and I was trying to think of a precedent and I, there really wasn't one that came to mind of, you know, he doesn't have any experience at third base professionally. And yet he just sort of picks a different position and says, I'm open to moving there. So, yeah, I'm sure it's happened. Usually it's a guy moving to the outfield. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the humility and I think Freeman, you know, could become one of my favorite players if he continues to, to play well. Sure. Yeah. And the Braves are like two games under 500 right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, last thing for me, Harper versus Trout. Trout is, uh, on a rehab stint now. Uh, but unfortunately he will not play in the all-star game. Uh, Paul, you're incorrect in your prediction. Close. So he'll be back, I think, probably to start after the All-Star mm -hmm. game. Uh, he was voted by the fans for his sixth straight uh, All-Star game selection. He's just 25 years old. And then Bryce Harper will play in his fifth All-Star game. He's just 24. Uh, Harper's had a good last week. He was uh, 11 for 26 this past week. Uh, he's up to 3.4 war. Uh, 321 average, 425 on base percentage, and a 592 slugging as we head into the All-Star break. Uh, last one for me. Uh, did you realize Mike Moustakis is good? He's in the home run derby. Um, he has 25 homers. Yeah. Kind of. His value, though, is like all all in that. Yeah. His on-base percentage isn't great, but 25 home runs. His previous high was 22. He's a free agent heading into next year, and I just I hadn't spent any time thinking about his season you know, and thinking through how much any team is going to give him next year. But he's on pace for 40-plus homers um, when he had never or barely hit above 20 before. So just kind of a fascinating season for Moustakis and an interesting case moving forward. Definitely. Uh, you have anything else? That's it. All right, let's move on to midseason awards. Uh, so we're going to do MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, uh, Most Surprising Team, Most Disappointing Team, uh, and then look at uh, each of our top five storylines for the year so far. And Paul will take the American League. I will take the National League like we do uh, for the preseason awards and the postseason awards. So, Paul, uh, who is your 2017 first half MVP? Do you have a guess? Aaron Judge. Yes. I think he's the clear favorite. Um, he leads all of baseball in war. Just absolutely dominated this year. His slash line right now is 331, 449, 697, 5.5 um, war. Like I said, leads all of baseball. Um, when did you when when did you compile these numbers? Uh, Friday night. Yeah, I think it went over 700. His slugging. Yeah, just insane. We'll talk about him more later on. Teaser. He's also my rookie of the year. <laughs> um, That'd be a pretty bold move to vote him MVP. Yeah, in that yes. Um, but but the, I think the thing that's most fascinating about him is that, um, you know, he wasn't a guy that was even like the Yankees' best prospect heading into this year. Gary yeah. Sanchez was essentially the Aaron Judge of last year. Um, so he's definitely flown, kind of flown under the radar and just absolutely dominated. My runner-up, uh, or somebody worth a mention, Jose Altuve. Um, and I wouldn't, honestly wouldn't be shocked if Altuve gets it at the end of the year. Um, Judge's... Uh, Babip is really, really high, 427. 
and I think that will probably regress. So, and I think the Astros will be the best team in the American League, probably the best team in baseball. So I wouldn't be shocked if Altuve wins. He's also having an awesome year on base percentage of over 400 and slugging 538. Hmm. Correa's having a good season, too. Yeah, he's been really, really good, too. All right, my MVP is Paul Goldschmidt, 429 on base percentage, 20 home runs, uh, 20 doubles, 13 steals. And uh, this will be his fifth straight All-Star game, kind of an underrated run of, of dominance for Goldschmidt. Uh, the Diamondbacks are one of the best teams in the National League, surprisingly. So he, he gets my vote right now. Pretty close race, though. Uh, Bryce Harper would be next. Justin Turner and Corey Seager with the Dodgers. Uh, Seager uh, has an on-base of close to 400, has a slugging over 500 again. Uh, last year was over 500 as well, which is pretty nuts from a shortstop. He's just 23 years old, 3.4 war, according to baseball reference. Justin Turner is hitting uh, 380 with a 477 on base, but just uh, 62 games so far. He was hurt for a while. Uh, I say those two because the Dodgers have been so uh, so dominant that I think they'll definitely get someone in consideration because of that. Uh, Trey Turner was my preseason pick, and uh, his injuring was kind of a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. now I can just uh, <laughs> say, oh, he's hurt, you know. Yeah, his numbers have been pretty brutal, right? Not brutal. I think he still leads, well, I guess Hamilton probably leads now. For a while, he was leading baseball in steals, hitting like 270. Hmm. But uh, he hit for the cycle in April. Yeah. Did you consider uh, Cody Bellinger? Uh, no, he's hit a lot of home runs, but his on-base is only like 330. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty convinced that he'll start dropping. Well, I mean, still have a great season because of all the home runs he's hit. But. I believe Ichiro won the MVP in his rookie year. Be the last player to do it, huh? Yeah, but not, I mean, he wasn't necessarily a true true rookie. Fernando Valenzuela was really good his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a TWTW last year, you did like best rookies of the year and worst rookies of the year. Uh, blog posts I did, yeah. Hmm. Uh, moving into Cy Young, uh, my Cy Young for the American League is Chris Sale, uh, first pitcher to get to 170 strikeouts before the All Star break. In baseball history, hmm. it's a pretty big accomplishment. He has just completely scrapped his idea of last year pitching to contact and going later in games. Um, he's striking everybody out, throwing harder. Uh, his whip is uh, under one; it's point nine, which is fantastic for mm-hmm. a starter. Uh, Fangraphs WAR has him at five point three, and that's two above the closest uh, pitcher in the American League. Um, I'll give uh, a mention to Corey Kluber and Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel's been on the shelf, hurt for the last month or so. Um, but he had been having a great year. Kluber's been his dominant self, but I think Sales kind of a clear favorite. That's a good pick. Uh, Max Scherzer is my pick. 128 innings pitched, 173 strikeouts, 27 walks, 0.78 WHIP, and just a 2.10 ERA. Uh, he pitched on Friday, so he probably won't start the All-Star game. I don't, I don't think they've announced those yet. Uh, so he won't start, and a lot of these other guys won't start either, so I'm not sure who they're going to roll out there for the National League. Uh, Kershaw is second, .89 whip in 121 innings. Uh, he's given up 17 home runs, which is already a career high, and more evidence uh, to the argument that the, the ball is juiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is pitching Sunday. So he can't start. Alex Wood, uh, also of the Dodgers, uh, 
He is 10 and 0 with a 1.67 ERA uh, in 80 innings. So not nearly as many innings as the other two guys, but the perfect record will get him some votes, I think. Uh, Wood, Kershaw, and then Rich Hill's pitched better recently. Um, pretty nice little trio of lefties for the Dodgers. Uh, Kenley Jansen, also with the Dodgers. 36 innings pitched, 56 strikeouts, 2 walks, .57 whip. And then Zach Grinke, also very good, uh, .99 whip. My dark horses at the beginning of the season, uh, Shelby Miller, Matt Moore, and Matt Harvey. Mm. Uh, 0 for 3 there. Yeah, Miller had been, he, he was pitching well until he got hurt. Yeah, Harvey's been better than last year. Moore has been brutal, I think. Yeah, he's not good. Our rookies of the year should be pretty uh, slam dunks, right? Yep. Uh, Judge, uh, obviously, interesting nugget. I did some reading about Judge this week, and Tom Berducci's written a lot about him recently. Brought up a really interesting fact. Uh, he has hit home runs on every type of pitch, including 11 um, of his 30 on off-speed pitches. Hmm. So it's not like he's only mashing fastballs. You know, he's uh, he's got a fairly good approach, and he's been hitting curveballs and sliders and change-ups uh, for home runs too. And uh, like I said, his on-base percentage is just insane. He's getting on over 45% of the time. So hard not to pick Judge. Uh, Your preseason prediction was Benintendi. Right, and he's he'd be my runner-up. He's been solid. Okay. Trey Mancini of the Orioles, first baseman, outfielder. He's also been really good, but the only thing that's gone well for the Orioles this year. Uh, for me, I went with Cody Bellinger. Again, slam dunk. Uh, 25 home runs in 69 games. Uh, definitely the best rookie in the National League. Uh, two runners up, Ian Happ for the Cubs. 13 home runs in 50 games. Uh, also 59 strikeouts, though. Uh, Josh Bell with the Pirates. 16 home runs in 75 games. Where do you see uh, Hap landing long-term? That's a good question. Uh, I saw a throw he made from center field this week that <laughs> led me to believe that he's probably not a long-term option in center field. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. He'll be like a Zobris-type player. That means Zobris wouldn't play center. So. But is he mo- a more natural fit in the infield? He's a below-average second baseman. And... Uh, Average outfielder, or? probably average. Yeah, left fielder. Hmm. That's the thing. You got to trade him or Baez or Schwarber, Elmore. Like one of those guys. You just I would keep Hap over Elmore. Uh, yeah, probably. I found your blog post on the best rookies to ever play. <laughs> Do you remember your top three? Uh, Ichiro. Um, Ichiro was not in your top three. Really, Dick Allen. I remember there was some pushback. Uh, Dick Allen was number two. Dwight Gooden. Dwight Gooden was three. And who was the other one? Mike Trout. Okay. Getting into our teams, our most surprising and most disappointing. My most surprising team is the Yankees. They've struggled a bit over the last couple weeks, but they still have the second best run differential in the American League, fourth best in all of baseball. You know, this was sort of supposed to be a, a reload year for them, not one, you know, that many expected them to make the playoffs in. So, you know, with Judge having an awesome year and having multiple top 50 prospects coming up, uh, you could probably make the argument that they are the team that has the most optimism moving forward, which is saying a lot. The Torres injury kind of hurts that. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Uh, but they, they still have depth in their farm system, which, you know, if you go back a year or two, that would have surprised a lot of people. 
Yep, my surprising team is the Diamondbacks, 53 and 34. Second best ERA in baseball, fourth best whip in baseball, eighth best on base percentage, and sixth best slugging. So just all around good team so far this year. And uh, Paul Goldschmidt has been great, and uh, Granke's been great, but they've had a lot of depth as well. I did predict them at the beginning of the season to have a better record than the Giants, hmm. which I had been uh, almost guaranteed of after the first half. Is that a teaser? Most disappointing team? Uh, actually, no. Wow. Um, Larissa can build a winner. What can you say? Yeah, yeah. Laid the foundation. He's, yeah, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's back. <laughs> Turns out it was that uh, Stewart. Oh, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart, he's bad. Uh, most disappointing team in the, the American League, I'll go the Orioles. Sorry, Josh, long-time listener. Uh, I didn't peg them as a playoff team coming into the season, but I didn't think they'd be one of the worst teams in baseball. They are? Yep. The run differential is negative 85. Uh, What's which, their record? Which is the worst in the American League, and it's behind teams like the White Sox that are trying to lose this year. I think they're only... Like five under. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny Machado, have you looked at his stat line? Uh, I know it's not good. Yeah, he's been, I'd say the most one of the most disappointing players in baseball. He's hitting two eighteen with an OBP of two eighty five, mm-hmm. and you know he's been a stud the last few seasons. So free agent after next year, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, the Orioles and you, with Machado, you wonder if like all that stuff with the Red Sox kind of messed him up early Got in the season. His head, you yeah, no say. pun intended. Uh, actually, it was intended. That was the joke. <laughs> Disappointing team, the Chicago Cubs. No mm. one would have guessed that they would be at the All Star break, uh, either two games under 500 or 500, depending on how Sunday's game goes, uh, which I hope they win because I will be at. But uh, as we sit here today, 43 and 44, uh, and they've just been uh, average. Their offense has been below average. Their pitching has been slightly above average, uh, so 17th in all of baseball and on-base percentage, 18th in slugging percentage, uh, and then their pitching has been uh, decent, especially recently, 8th in ERA, 9th in whip in, in all of baseball. So especially the offense, I, I just did not predict that would happen. Like if you told me the Cubs would be 8th in ERA, 9th in whip in baseball, I would guarantee you that they'd be at least 10 games over because mm-hmm. that was the big uh, – big thing that people were concerned about like if the Cubs weren't going to be good it was because their starting pitching would be, uh, would be bad and it hasn't been great but their bullpen has been great mm-hmm. and so that's saved the pitching it's really the offense like they've, they've walked a ton I think they're third in baseball in walks they have not uh, driven it uh, hard like they did last year yep I agree uh, the Giants would be my runner up here they are 34 and 54 and uh their offense is absolutely terrible. 27th in on-base percentage, last in slugging percentage, and uh, last in home runs. Uh, 73 home runs in 84 games. I know they've been inconsistent uh, for like a decade now, but it kind of seems like the dynasty has come to an end. Mm-hmm. Three titles in uh, five years, right? 12, yeah. 10, 12, 14 yeah. But um it seems like that window has closed. Yeah. All right. Uh here's my hot take for the second half. The Rockies will fade. So right now you've got, you know, the Nationals, Brewers and uh Dodgers mm-hmm. all uh leading the divisions pretty comfortably and then the Diamondbacks would be your uh, other wild card and then the Rockies. 
few games below them. So really the only thing up for grabs would be the Central. The Cubs are a few games back. Um, but I think the Rockies will fade, and that will open up a second wildcard spot for teams like the Mets, Marlins, Pirates, Cubs, and Braves, hmm. who are all uh, at 500 or below right now and not, not playing very well. But if any one of those teams uh, you know, wins five in a row or 10 of 15 or something like that, then I think they will thrust themselves into that discussion because the Rockies uh, will not keep up their pace. If you had to like put money on it now, would you say the Cubs are a wildcard team come October? No, I would say division. You think they'll win the division still? I do, yeah. I do. Yep. All right, uh, top five storylines so far this year. As I was doing this, I realized it hasn't been a boring first half, but there aren't like the sexy storylines that I was maybe anticipating. Yeah, the one obvious one that's number one on my list is Judge and Bellinger. Yeah. We've already talked about it a little bit, but I think it's pretty extraordinary that you have these two awesome rookies in the two biggest markets in baseball, LA mm-hmm. and New York. And both like home run hitter, like kind mm-hmm. of a sexy prospect type thing. And just their swings, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Judge looks like Godzilla batting and then Bellinger has like one of the prettiest left handed swings uh, in all of baseball. One uh, one stat that I was reading earlier this week is that only once in baseball history have two rookies hit 33 or more in a season. And, you know, Judge and Bellinger are going to get that probably like within, I don't know, two weeks after the All-Star game. Yeah, I think McGuire has the top spot. He mm-hmm. hit like 50, 40, 49. 49 home runs. Uh, so they'll, I guess Bellinger won't. Judge might challenge that. Uh, I looked at their prospect rankings before this season. Judge was ranked 90th by Baseball America and 63rd by Baseball Prospectus. Bellinger was much higher, 7th by uh, Baseball America, 26th by Baseball Prospectus. Hmm. Uh, Judge, 30 home runs, uh, Bellinger, 25. The the on-base percentage is what strikes me with Judge, 448 on-base percentage. In 348 minor league games, Judge hit 56 home runs. And uh, in just the first half of play, so like, what, 90 games, he's hit uh, 30. Hmm. So on pace for a 10-war season, uh, he's been the story of baseball in my mind. Yep. Uh, another big one for me is the Astros. They've mm-hmm. been uh, very good. Best team in baseball. 21 games over 500 uh, with a ridiculous 16-and-a-half game lead over the second-place team in the West. Mm-hmm. They've only lost 10 games on the road all season, mm-hmm. 32 and 10. I f- kind of feel like they're this year's version of the Cubs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just a fun, just have a fun vibe about yep. them. Yep, I agree. Uh, my next one was uh, Juiced Baseballs. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big story. I believe you sort of. That has been talked about quite a bit in our family. Uh, I was not criticizing you for bringing it up. It's important. I was just tired of talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> we talked about it like five or six times in that segment. Hey, I cover the news. Okay. I don't make it. Yeah, so the baseballs appear to be juiced going back to uh, 2015. Right. Also break 2015. And uh, Major League Baseball really hasn't answered uh, any of those questions. Maybe this week, I think there's like a town hall type thing mm-hmm. on Tuesday of all, or Monday or Tuesday of All-Star Week. So maybe Manfred will... Uh, go on record. Yep. I also had that on mine. But yeah, it just seems like balls are bouncier. 
seams are lower. Well, I think it's important to note though that it's not like Major League Baseball, like the um, the guidelines for what a baseball. Uh, yeah, an acceptable baseball. The it, range for is it varies quite yes. a bit. So Major League Baseball, it's it's totally within their right. They haven't done anything quote unquote wrong by changing the baseball. It's still like a legal baseball. Um, they just have been, like you said, weird about how they've gone about it. Yep. Um, another one for me, return of the breaking ball. So teams are more and more moving away from throwing uh, a majority of their pitches as fastballs. So that's something the Astros have been on for a, a few years. But this year there are five teams that are throwing fastballs less than half of the time. Hmm. And they're all contending for playoff spots. So you have the Astros, you have the Indians, the Rays, the Yankees, who are uh, the lowest in all baseball. Only 43% of their pitches are fastballs. And then um, the Angels as well. Um, and this, you know, five, ten years ago would have been pretty shocking. Um, but more and more, the thing that is getting batters out is spinning the baseball. And I feel like we've always kind of known this as baseball fans. And I've had this thought before. You know, you always hear like the Hawk Harrelsons of the world talk about, you know, if you can hit a fastball, you, know, you have a spot in the major leagues. It seems like a fastball is the easiest pitch to hit. Yeah, I, I never could hit a breaking ball. Right. Maybe like once you start, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. If I if somebody threw me a breaking ball and it, there weren't two strikes, I just didn't swing. Mm-hmm. So if you could throw a breaking ball for a strike, it was an automatic. But I'm saying once you start, once you see enough and you start hitting them, you're like, oh, this is this is not so bad. The, Maybe. Rea- the reaction time is so much more than I just a feel fastball. Like it's so, so hard to hit a major league curveball. A slider would be hard to hit. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my number three. Three storyline is the NL West shakeup. Uh, so the the Dodgers are expected to be contenders, obviously, but then the Diamondbacks and Rockies both surprised, and the Padres are where they thought they should be, but then the Giants are certainly uh, about uh, 15 games below where people were expecting them. I think if you said the NL West will be the best division in baseball and the Giants will be the worst team in baseball, no one would believe you mm-hmm. before the season started. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my last one, I also had juice balls on okay. my, uh, the Cubs. You've already hit on it, but they've been a shockingly mediocre team. Pitching and defense have taken steps back. Like you said, their offense has struggled. They've been plagued by injuries. You know, I, Like you, I'd still put my money on them to win the Central, but at some point you just kind of have to admit that they're not even a good team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were my number four, not repeating their success. And uh, my prediction uh, is that Madden will start to have some heat on him. Really? Would not be shocked if he wasn't back next year. Really? Most of it just comes from them not winning. Theo's got a big personality or kind of a big yeah. ego, I think, and so does so does Joe. So I could see that uh, not working out long term. Well, Rick Renneri is just a few <laughs> miles away. That would be pretty funny if they I I just don't who would you I can't picture someone stepping in. Ryan Sandberg's waiting in the wings. Yeah. Girardi maybe? No, they wouldn't want Girardi. I'm not sure, yeah. Like a Kevin Cash type probably. Like yeah. a sabermetric guy. Last one for me, the Bryce Harper fight. Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh you know, he attacks Hunter Strickland. And uh, definitely the the most memorable moment of the first half so far. 
Yeah, the the image of him throwing the the helmet, trying to throw the helmet. That still frame is probably the most memorable shot so far this year. Yeah. Uh, well, that does it for uh, our midseason review and awards. Moving on to a couple of our traditional segments, starting with TWTW. When you can put some of those categories, you know, you got your OBPS and all that, and the VORPs. When they put in TWTW and then interface those numbers with TWTW under that category, then you might have something cooking. What, what, what TW is? Yeah, what is that? That's the will to win. All right, for TWTW this week, I want to give an update on Contact. So after the Royals won the 2015 World Series, uh, Contact was king. Everyone was talking about the need to strike out less, uh, to put the ball in play. Um, that year, you know, the Royals had guys like Zobrist and Alcides Escobar that uh, helped the Royals uh, be first in all of baseball and contact rate. Obviously, that's the percentage of, of times you make contact when you swing. Uh, it was 82% for them that year. They also had the lowest strikeout rate. So they led the league in putting the ball in play and not striking out. That offseason, you know, there was a ton of attention given to it. One of the reasons the Cubs signed Ben Zobrist that offseason, um, you know, something that Theo went on record as saying that, you know, one of the reasons that he had so much value is that he put the ball in play, didn't strike out, and that's what their lineup needed. Um, so I wanted to see uh, sort of what had happened since then. You know, there wasn't as much attention given to it last year. The Royals weren't as good, um, even though Zobrist helped the Cubs. That certainly wasn't the key narrative to their success or anything like that. So I just kind of wanted to look at the numbers for, for this year and, and see what the data uh, told us. So just a few nuggets. When looking at contact rate, the three best teams in the American League are 1-2-3 in all of baseball all over 80%. So there does seem to be some kind of predictive value there uh, that teams like the Astros and the Indians and the Red Sox are making a ton of contact, and they're the best teams in the American League. Um, when looking at strikeout rate, the Astros, Red Sox, Indians are also at the top of the leaderboard, uh, all boasting strikeout rates under 19%. And um, it's interesting to note that all of the Astros additions, so Brian McCann, um, Ulyaski Guriel, um, Josh Reddick, all Carlos Beltran, they have all been really solid contact guys. So I think this is definitely something the Astros were aware of, and you know something they focused on this this past off season. The National League tells a slightly different story this year. Uh, the Dodgers. Best team in the National League are 10th in the league in contact rate. The D-backs are 11th, and the Brewers are dead last. So you could look at that data and say contact isn't that important, but I think what's critical here to note is that if you don't make contact on a consistent basis, if you're not at an elite level making contact, you have to make up for it with power, and that's exactly what we see in the National League. The Brewers, Nationals, Dodgers, D-backs are all right near the top of the National League in isolated power. And that's, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Pete, that's where the Cubs have struggled. You know, they're not making contact, they're striking out a lot, and they're not hitting doubles, triples, homers. That is my TWTW. To summarize, contact continues to be important, especially in the American League. And if you don't make a ton of contact, it's important that you hit a lot of home runs and uh, make up for it with power. All right. That was TWTW. Next up, Sounds of the Game. 
Will the issue be decided by the flying feet of Montreal's Tim Raines? Or perhaps the baseline wizardry of the Yankees' Ricky Henderson? Will it be the league's leading stroke of the switch hitter Willie McGee of the St. Louis Cardinals? Or the classic swing of Kansas City Royals' George Brett? Or will they decide to muscle it out, leaning on Dale Murphy of the Atlanta Braves? Or the American League's lead leading home run hitter, Carlton Fisk of the Chicago White Sox? Or will it be decided sooner or later on the mound in the capable hands of San Diego's Lamar Hoyt, who has won 10 straight? Or in the big winner from Detroit, Jack Morris? Those are just some of the questions. I'm Vin Scully, along with Joe Garagiola. Welcome to the great indoors in Minnesota. That was Vin Scully introducing the 1985 All-Star Game. I played that clip because I Googled Vin Scully All-Star Game, and that was the first video result. <laughs> Uh, this week's Sound of the Game segment is the 1998 All-Star Game. Uh, I wrote about the 98 Home Run Derby uh, on the, the website on Saturday, so you can check that out. Uh, the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby that year were held at Coors Field. The Home Run Derby was less uh, memorable than I was hoping for. There, there isn't like a video that shows a ball going uh, like to the moon or something. <laughs> But Ken Griffey Jr. did win that one. There were two home runs hit in the actual All-Star game that were memorable. Uh, Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Bonds went to the triple deck with his, and then A-Rod was uh, a young player at the time. And it's kind of cool that those were the two guys that homered in that game. So I will play uh, Bob Costas announcing both of those. And I'm pretty sure this was one of the last years it was on NBC. Maybe the last year. I think, yeah, I'm going to yeah, say... I have no recollection I'm of it. I'm going to say it NBC. was the last year NBC had the All-Star game. Uh, so here is uh, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, hitting the home runs in the 98 All-Star game. Rodriguez has struck out and singled. A-Rod lifts one to right center. Remember this ballpark and how the ball carries. Goodbye! Joe, when that one left the bat, especially to the opposite field, any other ballpark, routine fly ball. Well, they've done a study, Bob, that says that the ball travels 7% farther here than any place else. So if a ball is hit 400 feet, it will go 428 feet here. And that's enough usually to get you out of the ballpark. Again, you're right, it, well, he didn't think he hit it that well. But immediately, Larry Walker took off for the wall. He knew it was going out of here. But this is a good hitter's ballpark. Hits this one to deep right. This one is on its way. This one is gone. into a 6-5 National League lead. They threw him a lot of fastballs, and now they try the changeup. Not a good choice. He was late on the fastball, so he comes with a changeup, and Bonds is right on it. When a 
guy is that late on your fastball, you do him a favor when you throw him a changeup, and that's exactly what Cologne does here, and Barry Bonds right on time in the upper deck. All right, so for our last segment here, uh, going to do a deep dive on the 2002 All-Star game, but also want to talk more broadly about the All-Star game and home run derby uh, in general, and then also preview this year's editions uh, of those. The All-Star game started in 1933. Do you know where the first game was, was held, Paul? Uh, um, the White Sox Park. Yes, Comiskey was part of the 1933 World's Fair. Uh, it was intended to be a one-time event, but it went so well that they decided to do it every year. And it has happened every year, except 1941. Uh, no, two. 45. Mm. Due to uh, wartime travel restrictions. From 1959 through 1962, they played two All-Star games uh, every year. So that's why it's the 88th version because they played uh, played eight total from 59 through 62. Um, NL is 43 and 42, uh, and they've scored 360 runs versus the American League's 359, plus one run differential for the, the NL. But uh, in, in recent years? Yeah, recent years, the AL's dominated. They've won the last four, and uh, even if you go back, since, since the All-Star game has counted or meant something, uh, overall, they are 11 and 3. So that is the All Star game. Uh, that is Tuesday night. Anything else before we dive into the 2002 All Star game? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't say this because we host a baseball podcast. I'm not a huge All Star game guy. Yeah. Um, I'll watch it, certainly enjoy it to a certain level, but not something that I look forward to every summer or anything like that. Yeah, I, I probably like it more than you do, but. Same way, not like a, a huge All-Star Game fan. Um, I do enjoy seeing all the, the best players play. Trout not playing this year sucks. Uh, I liked seeing him lead off, and uh, he won, I think, MVP last year, two mm-hmm. years ago. Last year, yeah. Tripled in, in the first at-bat. All right, let's go back to 2002 uh, for the uh, All-Star Game then. Famous now because of uh, it being a tie, it ending in a tie. The um, second All-Star game that ended in a tie, the first one was due to rain, uh, 1961, I believe. Yeah, 1961 was the only other tie, and that was due to rain uh, at Fenway Park. So everyone freaked out because it ended in a tie, but uh, wanted to look back a little bit at the game. It was played at Miller Park, July 9th, 2002, Joe Torre versus Bob Brenly because they managed in the World Series the year before. Uh, What's... Uh- Interesting about it being yeah. at another park is that, you know, Bud Seeley caught so much flack for it when he was the owner of the Brewers. And and was instrumental in bringing uh, Milwaukee a, a baseball team. Yeah, so I bet that just ate at him and, and probably contributed to his overreaction after the fact. Probably. First inning of that game, Barry Bonds hit one to deep right center, and it was robbed by Torrey Hunter. I remember that. Uh, so I think that's a that's one of Bonds' best uh, he like, he like, PR moments. Yeah, he like ran out to Hunter and like put him on his back, right? Yeah, picked him up, put him on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Then we should have we should have uh, thought more <laughs> about steroids. Took Tory Hunter and put him on his shoulders <laughs> like a child. Uh, Bonds hit a two run homer later in the game to give the National League a four nothing lead. The American League would come back. It was kind of a back and forth game. Uh, Paul Canerco had a big two run double. 
which I'm sure you remember, Paul. I do not. Uh, the last two pitchers, Vicente Padilla for the National League and Freddy Garcia for the American League. I did not remember that Padilla was an all-star. He had a good stretch. Uh, so they were the last two pitchers, and I think they pitched two or three innings uh, for their respective leagues. And then uh, the, the teams were just out of pitchers, so there's everyone kind of knew something was going to have to happen. Uh, after a scoreless top of the 11th, Torrey and Brenly met with C-League on the field by the first base dugout, and they agreed that if the NL did not score in the bottom of the 11th, it would be a tie. And then they announced that over the PA system, and according to Wikipedia, fans loudly booed and jeered uh, with chants of, let them play, uh, refund, bud must go, and rip off. <laughs> Are these individual fans saying these things? Uh, so I think I could see, you know, let them play, let them play. Or Bud must go, Bud must go. But yeah, the, the refund, rip off. <laughs> Probably just individual fans. I guess, yeah, two syllables, that works, right? Refund, re, like that. But yeah, the rip off just seems like that's not really a, a word we use when we're upset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so because of this incident, people freaked out. And again, I I wouldn't freak out if it happened today. I guess Seelig not being... Uh, confident in his decision, like having a talk on the field with the managers. Mm-hmm. That was probably what uh, allowed criticism to creep in. But they decided afterwards to, to experiment with making the game count again or count for the first time. 2003 to 2016, the Oscar game determined home field advantage in the World Series. That has thankfully ended with a new collective bargaining agreement. It is now decided by your your record the team with the better record gets home field advantage in the World Series. And it's interesting, this was started as just a two-year agreement between the uh, owners and the Players Association, 2003 and 2004, but after that they just kept renewing it every year in every CBA. Uh, but yeah, thankfully it's over. The next year, 2003, the first year that I counted, uh, was at U.S. Cellular, and I kind of remember watching that game. That's I believe interesting. Hank, Hank Blaylock had a big homer in that game. Yeah, the American League one. Uh, Wrigley has not hosted an All-Star game since 1990. Hmm. I think they are uh, in the running for like the next few after they finish the renovations. Yeah. Like where an All-Star game takes place, I almost have no recollection of. Last year? Mm, Houston? San Diego. No. Remember who won the Home Run Derby? Last year, the Home Run Derby winner was... Danton. Yes. All right. So that is the Oscar game. I have a few uh, fun prop bets for the Home Run Derby Oscar game. Last year, we live streamed the Home Run Derby, which was a lot of fun. We're not doing that uh, this year. We do plan on live streaming something else, though. We'll announce that at the end of the podcast. But to enjoy the Home Run Derby Oscar game, I have a few bets for us. First one is a Home Run Derby draft. So we're just going to go back and forth drafting the participants. Uh, they are Cody Bellinger, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Sano, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Justin Bohr, Mike Moustakas, and Charlie Blackman. So, Paul, I will give you the first selection. Aaron Judge. I will take Cody Bellinger and Miguel Sano. Uh, Stanton? Stanton is the only one I think that is uh, has competed in a home run derby before. And Moustakas. 
All right, I'll go Gary Sanchez and Charlie Blackman, which I think gives you uh, Justin Vore. Nice. The sexy pick. Uh, all right, so I have... Aaron, the, Ju- Aaron Judge is going to win. So. I have Cody Bellinger, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Sano, and Charlie Blackman. You have Aaron Judge, uh, Gene Carlos Stanton, Justin Bohr, and Mike Moustakas. Yep. All right. More home runs hit total in the home run derby uh, by all eight participants or the Giants in the first half of the season. Um, I haven't looked at previous years <laughs> to know. I'll say it's uh, a, it's a, they, home run derby. There's no outs. It's like time now, which is a lot better. You said yeah. home run derby? Mm-hmm. I will take the Giants. Uh, more home runs, Cody Bellinger, Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge. I'll go Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger's father is pitching to him. Nice. That's the Chris X- Bryant did that last year, right? Mm-hmm. It's the X factor, even though it didn't work last year. Two years ago. Last year, right? No, two years. Uh, he would have been a rookie two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. I thought it was yeah, it was Rizzo and Bryant together. Um, two years ago. Last, last year, Bryant homered off Chris Lay on the All-Star game. Hmm. Uh, three hours and 30 minutes over under for the All-Star game length. Uh, I'll say over. I'll take the under. Better ratings, the All-Star game or the Home Run Derby? They are getting very close. Mm, home Run Derby. I'll take Home Run Derby. Uh, All-Star game is on Fox. Home Run Derby is on ESPN. Last two, uh, Will Marlins man be within the camera shot behind home plate for oh, the All-Star for sure. game. For sure. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he had a hard time getting a ticket. <laughs> uh, will Manfred be wearing a tie at the All-Star game? He will not. It's like a suit with a like a button-up shirt underneath. I think he'll wear a tie. That's actually probably the one I'm most interested in. <laughs> All right. That does it for our deep dive and look at the All-Star game in Home Run Next up, we will close out the podcast. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. All right, so closing out the podcast here. No guest on this week's show, but next week uh, we plan on interviewing our, our favorite guest of all time, Rob Maines of Baseball Prospectus. Looking so forward to it. Hopefully he says yes when I ask him <laughs> early in the week. Uh, oh, so he, you don't yeah. actually have anything set up? No, I mean, I, I hope that we can find a time. <laughs> he was great last year. This is the same uh, episode last year that he was on hmm. so i assume he's he's scheduled that out yep if you have questions you'd like us to ask rob we don't typically do this but you can tweet at us mm-hmm. so then after that episode after episode 102 we'll be off for vacation which was our plan last year and then the uh, cubs traded for chapman and uh, chris sale cut up a bunch of jerseys emergency pod so we we didn't actually skip any episodes last year but this year we plan on taking a week off for family vacation to South Haven, Michigan. And then the week after that, 
instead of the Home Run Derby live stream, which we had last year, which was very popular. We will be live streaming a Cubs-White Sox game on July 26th. Surprisingly popular. We were kind of blown away by it. Yeah, a couple hundred uh, viewers. Uh, Cubs-Sox, July 26th. Um, I realize it'll be a few days before the trade deadline, so we can discuss all the buzz around the trade deadline and also watch a Cubs-White Sox game. Again, we won't be showing the game on the live stream. Just, Cause, our, just cause our, that would be illegal. Yeah, just our reaction to the game. Which sounds lame, but like it was fun for us to do, and people, people enjoyed it. Yeah, go to our YouTube channel to watch the uh, the live stream. I believe last year the live stream ended with you <laughs> talking for like a good forty minutes. Well, you had about to get, your favorite books. You had to give me ice cream, so right. I was waiting for you to give me ice cream because I won the 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 home run derby bet. Uh, August is a big month for us. We've got the brothers road trip the the first weekend in in August and then uh the third installment it's back the third annual summer flicks uh so more details on that will come out so it's a busy but good uh stretch of podcast life for us 2005 MVP baseball update Paul is now 7 and 0 I think we should try to get to 20 games for the year that seems like a good number mm-hmm. so if you if you won four more you'd clinch it um but to get to 20, I think we need to take the PS2 on vacation and pl- get in at least three games while in South nice. Haven. Nice. So check check our Twitter. We'll uh, live Twitter video I didn't include that. for, that, all, that, for all those. That's probably one of my, you know, that's like sixth biggest storyline so far this year is <laughs> your inability to win a single game. Well, I think seventh is that I blog for 100 straight days. Yeah, well, I'd say that's a bigger. I'll, I'll give that six. Uh, Monday will be blog post number 100. Yeah, that's crazy. Proud of you. Thank you. You can find all those blog posts on our website at footinthebox.com. That does it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud if those are your thing. Uh, Send us emails at afootinthebox at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at afootinthebox. Our outro today is the intro, the epic intro the 1999 all-star game we played it last year uh kevin costner goes way over the top but it's uh it's still a good baseball listen but before we play that do you have anything else paul enjoy the all-star game and remember to keep a foot in the box we'll talk to you next week what is it about baseball that inspires us to dream with the century coming to a close we again come back to baseball the great american game In April of 1912, a ship named Titanic sank and a ballpark named Fenway first opened its gates. In 1933, the first All-Star game was played and with striking perfection, the Babe hit the game's first home run. Once again, it is summertime in America and with its warmth comes the Midsummer Classic and the park whose unique character makes it so special. And tonight, the legends of the game will come. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. A cornfield that was transformed into a field of dreams allowed America to again believe in baseball's magic. And tonight, for love of the game, the imagination of this country will once again be captured by all the players of the game today and by its story past. It's the American League and the National League playing in the All-Star Game. 
a game between baseball's best. The beauty of baseball is marked by its players, from the Babe to Mighty Mac, from the Splendid Splinter to Nomar, from Say Hey to Sammy. On no other night do baseball stars shine as brightly. The perfect nine against nine, a piece of wood and some leather. These are the tools of their trade. People will always come back to baseball. They call it our pastime, but more appropriately, it is our present and our future. In this final summer of the 20th century, tonight's All-Star Game will be played beneath Boston's giant green monster. It just wouldn't be right anywhere else.